to join me in the reading of the scripture this morning, which comes from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Hear now these words from Luke. Jesus entered Jericho, and passing through, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus to see who he was, but being a short man, he could not. Because of the crowd, he could not see over him. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and welcomed Jesus gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, friends. I have a question for you this morning, which is that, is there anyone that you would absolutely hate to see in heaven when you get there? Truly. If you got to heaven and that person was there, how would you feel? Genuinely, how would you feel? You can respond. Angry, disgusted, disappointed, hurt, yeah. Confused is a good one. In today's scripture, we meet Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is not a very popular guy. He's a tax collector, and he's not only a tax collector. Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. He is the chief unpopular guy. He's the richest man in town, and he's the richest man in town because he's unpopular. He's the richest man in town because he goes around taking money from the poor, and he takes extra and skims off the top for himself. Those who collect taxes are not very popular in any season. But the dislike was even deeper in first century Judaism. Not only is Zacchaeus like this really dislikable IRS agent of the time who goes around knocking on people's doors and auditing them. He's a traitor to his nation. He is a traitor to his people. Excessive Roman taxes are a hot topic in Jesus' day. Tax collectors are working directly for the Roman occupation. And that means that tax collectors are working directly for the people who are occupying the people of Israel. There's no laws protecting the hardworking taxpayers either. 
There's nothing to prevent people from taking large amounts. There's nothing to prevent people from doing wrong to those there's taking taxes from. There's nothing to prevent corruption. You can be a tax collector and be an honorable one and still be heavily disliked. Or you might as well be a tax collector who's a dishonorable one and heavily disliked, but make some money from it. People were required to pay large amount in taxes to a cruel foreign government. And tax collectors were very honest and open about the fact that they added extra on for themselves. Zacchaeus is heavily disliked and unpopular because he uses his position, an already disliked one, to take as much as he wants. He uses his position to continue to harm others. He uses his position to harm his people. He uses his position to oppress those who are already being oppressed, living in a state of occupation. This left people overtaxed, struggling, hurting, and really resentful. Resentful of anyone who's doing this work, but particularly resentful of Zacchaeus, who's aligned himself with the people who do this very unholy work. Zacchaeus has the full support of Roman authorities, and the people are powerless against him. They can't stop him. They can't do anything about it. There's no laws to protect them. He's not popular. They don't like him. And there's no point in trying to align yourself with him because he's aligned himself with the other side. And I imagine that as awful as this is, Zacchaeus's life also has to be deeply lonely. Yes, he has money. And I also imagine he's incredibly bitter because in truth, the people he's working for don't care about him. He's a cog in their wheel. The people he's working for enjoy that he does the work they need him to do right now, and they could replace him. And then there's the other people, the people he steals from, his people. And I can't imagine they are very friendly towards him either, right? We know they're not friendly towards him. And so Zacchaeus' existence has to be deeply hurtful, lonely. He doesn't have a side. He's ostracized from both. In today's scripture, we're told that Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. And it doesn't tell us why, but I'm really interested in why this man has any interest in Jesus. Sure, the town is a buzz. Everyone knows about Jesus. Everyone's interested in the things Jesus does. At this point, we're pretty far into Luke, and we're getting closer and closer to Jesus' death. So people have certainly heard about the cool magic tricks that Jesus has. What's Zacchaeus' motive in wanting to see Jesus? Does he just want to lay his eyes on this man that everyone keeps talking about? Why does he care? For whatever reason, he does. The problem is, is that Caius is short. (laughs) 
it's something I can't, can't relate to because I was five, seven in sixth grade. <laughs> Zacchaeus can't see over the crowds and I doubt this crowd has any interest in letting him get through, right? Who cares if this man wants to see Jesus? So what Zacchaeus does is he climbs a sycamore tree. And if you've ever been in a children's Sunday school class, this one is super popular. We love imagining this tiny, cute little man climbing a tree. He wants to get a glimpse of Jesus. And so he climbs to the top of this tree and somehow Jesus knows he's there. The scripture doesn't tell us that Zacchaeus calls out Jesus's name. It doesn't tell us that everyone's going, hey, Jesus, look over there. Somehow, Jesus comes under the tree and looks up, knowing Zacchaeus will be there. He sees Zacchaeus and he calls out to him. He calls out to him and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I need to come stay in your house. I need a place to be, and you're where, you're where that will be. He invites himself into Zacchaeus' home. Jesus chooses to break bread with Zacchaeus. He chooses to break bread with the worst person in town. And this, friends, is where the scripture, I think, gets really difficult. Because if you think back to that question I asked five, ten minutes ago, about if there's someone who was going to be in heaven, that you'd be really bummed out if they were there. For most of these people, I think Zacchaeus would probably be their answer. Jesus is in town. He's a good person. He's a religious leader and also a religious rebel. He's a prophet. Jesus heals the sick. He eats with lepers. He, he flips tables in the temple. Jesus is a champion of the oppressed. He's a champion of the people. Zacchaeus is oppressing. Jesus is one of the people Zacchaeus is oppressing. He is a Jew. Were he not Jesus and just another person living in the town, Zacchaeus would be knocking on his door, taking what money he had. Jesus resists the evil being done by those who are leaders in the temple. He resists the occupation of the Roman Empire. So why then, of all the people, Jesus, Jesus could invite himself into the home of, does he choose Zacchaeus? What's the point of that? Why, Jesus? Why not invite yourself into the home of at least some of your own people? Why not invite yourself to go visit some lepers or some widows or like just somebody who's having a really hard time? Why not go do another miracle? Why, why this man, Jesus? It makes us angry when we read it. Because if there's anyone who deserves to have Jesus sitting at their table with them, it is not Zacchaeus. Of all the houses, of all the people, there has to be a lot more people in need and a lot more deserving. And yet Jesus chooses 
Zacchaeus. I have to wonder if for a moment, Zacchaeus' entire interest in Jesus didn't have to do with the fact that Jesus is the hottest thing right now. It'd be a marker of status to have Jesus in your house, right? The most interesting guy, the guy who heals people, he wants to hang out with me. The problem is Zacchaeus invites Jesus into his house, or at least says yes when Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' house. And before they even get home, he's transformed. Zacchaeus tells Jesus, if I've done anything wrong, I'll pay it back twofold, fourfold. I'll change everything. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to the house of the oppressor. Salvation has come to the house of the worst person in town. And as readers, that just kind of (laughs) sucks. Because at first we feel like Jesus has wasted a blessing. Jesus has saved that person that I just don't want to be saved. That person that I don't want to dwell in eternity with, that person who is just awful, who has done unspeakable things, that person who is harming people. Jesus saved that one. How dare he go to the home of the richest and the most unsavory? How dare he go to the home of a thief? How dare he not just condemn this man? Salvation has come to the worst of the worst, and now we're stuck with him forever. The only person whom Jesus shares a meal with in Jericho is this sinful, despised man. And if people didn't hate Zacchaeus before, I am sure they hate him now. Because not only is he stealing their money and just doing all sorts of things that he shouldn't be doing, now you get to eat with Jesus when you don't deserve it. The secret to this scripture, friends, is that as unsavory as it is, as difficult as it is to swallow that Jesus would come to the worst of the worst people, The truth of it is that Jesus performs the miracle of seeing. That is, without ever being called out to, he finds himself under a tree of a man so desperate to see him, even if for the worst motives, he climbs up in that tree and Jesus looks up and sees him and calls him down. He invites himself into this man's house. Jesus provides the miracle of seeing Zacchaeus in a community where I imagine he's not often actually seen as he's hated by the people he should be one of and knows he's disposable by the people he's working for. Jesus sees Zacchaeus He invites him into his home. He invites him to break bread with him. He invites him into community with him. And so Zacchaeus is transformed. 
Zacchaeus does what we call repentance. That is a literal turning around. And he says, I'm gonna be different, Jesus. I'm gonna pay these people back twofold and fourfold. If I've done anything wrong, forgive me. And you have to be like, have you done anything wrong? What are you talking about? What do you mean if I've done anything wrong? You have literally done everything wrong. Zacchaeus repents. He changes, and we have to hope that he kept his word. It at least seems like he would. And Jesus says salvation has come to this home today. Salvation, which I'm sure many of the other people in the town longed for. Salvation, which other people in the town likely needed. The miracle of seeing which so many people I'm sure longed for Jesus gives to this man. Jesus sees Zacchaeus. He calls him down, he invites himself in, he chooses to break bread with this person who's just awful. And what does this tell us about Jesus? What does it tell us about Jesus if he has the power to see people who are fundamentally just bad? People who are working in systems of oppression, people who are willing to harm their own people for the sake of being saved. What does it tell us about Jesus if he can transform those people? This past week, I heard someone else preach a sermon on this. I did not just paraphrase that, just FYI. But he said something which I thought was really interesting, which is that this, this is really why Rome crucified Christ. Because he wasn't just a person who could heal lepers and hang out with widows and transform the fringe of the world that no one cared about. Jesus was a person who could get people to stop participating in the oppression of Rome. Jesus was a person who could transform the most powerful and the most holy and get them to live in a completely different way. Jesus was a person who could get someone like Zacchaeus to give back all that he took and more. This is the danger of Jesus, friends. It's that he doesn't just transform the lives of the oppressed, he transforms the oppressor too so that they somehow have to live in unity together. And that's really inconvenient. I have to wonder if after Zacchaeus found himself transformed, how people felt towards him. Did the Jewish people welcome him back in? When he came to their homes to give them back the money he stole, plus some. Did they open the door or leave it closed? Did they take the money and believe he could be changed or did they just stand there suspiciously wondering if the money had a caveat? Truthfully, they have every reason to be suspicious of him. 
is this a ploy? Am I going to take this money back? And is he going to say I stole it? Am I going to find myself dead? What is, what's happening with this guy? Zacchaeus may have repented, but he has a hard road ahead of him. I think he's got a lifetime of repentance ahead of him. He's probably got a good while before his community is willing to be in community with him. And this is the hard work of this story, friends. It tells us that the worst of the worst, the people we really don't want to be in heaven with, they are capable of being saved too. It tells us that people who commit horrific crimes, people who sit on death row, people who oppress us, people who are absolutely awful, the worst politicians, the worst anything, they're not out of Jesus's reach. They can turn around. And that's suspicious. <laughs> but when they do, at some point we have to do the work of inviting them into our community, of accepting that they might be in heaven alongside us too. It's a difficult and almost impossible level of forgiveness and I think it's something that we can only do through Christ. Understanding how exist, how to exist, how to reconcile with someone who has just fundamentally hurt us is work that only comes through Christ because that is a miracle in itself. The good news of this story is that it's possible. I wish it continued to give us step-by-step -step instructions of how Zacchaeus achieved reconciling with his community and how they accepted him. But I imagine there's some like potlucks. <laughs> this is what we're called to, friends. To realizing that no one, literally no one, is outside of Christ's reach. That systems of oppression are not outside of Christ's reach that structures and institutions that harm people are not outside of Christ's reach, that there is always a chance, always hope. And if we are people who truly believe in Christ, we're people who truly believe that, that there is hope for other people. And while we may not be able to safely be in community with them, there may come a day that we will be. And how can we find joy in that? One of the gifts of the communion table is that it is an open place. It is a place where we may break bread with Christ. It is a place where Christ invites himself into our homes and our lives and our bodies. It is a place where we can find ourselves able to commune with people regardless of whether or not we can stand them at any other point during the week. The communion table is a place where even the worst of worst sinners can come, where you can find repentance, where you can turn around and where you can find yourself seated next to someone who used to be turned away from you.